Black Equity listeners, welcome to episode 179. I am excited for this conversation. It appears that we have Marion Williamson showing up on the Breakfast Club. And uh, although Marion Williamson is not necessarily black, obviously, uh, she is vying for the black vote. And I do believe there's something brewing with Marion Williamson. I don't know if she'll end up being the nominee, but I do think she's going to be a very important political uh, chess piece uh, in the near future, somehow, some way. So I want to look at this conversation. I want to take it uh, throughout the interview, not uh, listen to it and give you a reflection, but literally real time uh, as I'm watching it, jump into the podcast and say, here's what I found. Um, so without further ado, let's get to it. Let's get to, uh, episode 179. All right. We're only a couple of minutes into the episode or the, uh, interview here on the breakfast call with Marion Williamson and, She's, I mean, she's breaking it down from the very beginning, you know, talking about the economic uh, distress that a lot of people are in in this country um, and how there needs to be a complete overhaul. And Charlemagne begins to ask her like, hey, you know, um, you know, you're saying we need a a whole economic overturn. And she says we need a return to uh, principles. You know, principles over policy. And so whether you like Marion Williamson, don't like Marion Williamson, you think she's crazy, you don't want to vote for somebody who doesn't look like you, all that is fine. Uh, but I find it very interesting that uh, consistently Marion Williamson gets it right most of the times, at least, you know, from my perspective of what I see. Uh, I haven't heard her say much that you can really disagree with. We need a return to a place of of principles over policy. And uh, to think that we can just make a couple tweaks here and there, (laughs) we have we really have lost our minds. Uh, I'm all for uh, entrepreneurship. I'm all for uh, us all working together. But there also needs to be things in place within the system in which we're working in that lessens the burden of, uh, you know, if we're hiring employees or even as the business owner, uh, that will lessen any type of uh, strongholds that would prevent us from uh, being the greatest versions of ourselves. So I want to keep listening to what she has to say. Literally, I'm only two minutes into the interview, so I know we haven't gotten to the good juicy stuff yet, but this is just her opening uh, conversation about, you know, why is she running? uh, Why does she write her book? uh, And kind of what her philosophy uh, currently is. So let's get to the rest of the interview. So Mary Williamson has this idea of having a nonviolent revolution. We're five minutes in, and she keeps bringing up this idea of a nonviolent revolution. Charlemagne is asking questions about big pharma. Uh, Charlemagne is asking questions about, you know, those in power. And, you know, Marion Williamson pushes back and says, hey, you know, we have to be careful with demonizing people. 
and we really need to focus on corrupt systems. The, the, the thing that we need to focus on within our society is what are the systems in place that are preventing there being growth and productivity? And so what are my thoughts on that? A lot of what Marion Williamson is saying, ideology uh, from her mind, is right on par to everything uh, that I that I've been saying. You can go back to an episode we did called "The System," and this was based off of um, Tamika Mallory coming on the Breakfast Club and them having this conversation about the system, and basically it prompted me to to sit back and say, "Wow." The whole thing is, is the system that has to be demolished. And here at Marion Williamson a few weeks later, confirming that once again. Uh, I don't think she'll be the last person to to have this idea uh, you know, in her mind and, and bringing it to the Breakfast Club or another big platform. I really think what I'm noticing, what separates Marion Williamson from a lot of other people is I think... I don't think she she really thinks she's going to win. I think what she's trying to do is create uh, a bigger conversation, uh, bigger than, you know, running for president, but just uh, looking at societal changes. And so for her, it's I'm going to swing for the fences and get this message out. The message is more important than a position to her. At least it feels that way. I mean, we'll never really know what's in her heart. But that's what it feels. And so five minutes in, we've already tackled some really big ideas and we still got another 40 minutes to go. Every minute that we spend demonizing people, this is Marion Williamson talking. Every minute we spend demonizing people is uh, another minute away from uh, destroying the, the systems that are in place. That to me goes back to our Dave Chappelle episode where we talked about Dear Culture. And I was listening the other day to uh, Joe Budden, uh, the Joe Budden clip that came on my YouTube. And it was them talking about, um, it was them talking about Dave Chappelle and his special. And as I'm listening to that, they were saying, hey, cancel culture is really black culture canceling itself. <laughs> I mean, what what in culture, I think this is Maul saying this, so shout out to Maul. What in culture has been canceled by black folk to white folk? Like, actually canceled, not, hey, we're going to not wear this anymore, and then three months later they wear it. The only things that have actually been any what effective is us canceling ourselves. And so Marion Williamson, then, if we take that idea and then we look at what Marion Williams is saying, two completely different worlds, Marion Williamson and Maul from the Joe Budden podcast. But when you start piecing things together, Marion Williamson then says any minute spent demonizing people is, a, is wasted time to be destroying the system. We have to stop demonizing each other. We have to stop demonizing one another and figure out a way to work together. I'll be honest and I'll put it out on the table. It's hard for me to work with people that I see demonizing other people. 
and they're not, you know, people of, of their word. And so th- if we go back two minutes on this episode, Marion Williamson is talking about principles. We must get back to the, the, the foundational principles of this country. Even if we've never been following them, the principles have always been there. And yet, here we are, 2019, at least that's what we've been told, and pretty much the same things have been going on for a long time. So Mary Williamson then goes on and she calls out Charlemagne, and not in a, you know, aggressive way, but I do remember when Joy Reid was on The Breakfast Club, and she, they were having a conversation about who's actually talking about reparations. And Charlemagne said Kamala Harris was talking about reparations. But we all know the only person that's really been digging into reparations talk has been Marion Williamson. And so Marion Williamson, she checks him. And she says, you know, when you have the opportunity uh, to speak on the fact that I, I am talking about reparations... When asked, you did not do that. Now, why did this conversation happen? Because Charlemagne was asking, you know, how does it feel that, you know, some of the media coverage that you're getting is lopsided? You know, other people are getting more media coverage than you. And Mary Winston says, well, you know, let's look at you. When you have the opportunity to mention me, you forgot to mention me. And, you know, Charlemagne quickly apologizes and says, well, I didn't even realize that I did that. And she said that that's what I mean. You know, the absence, the absence of me is almost um, programmed into your mind. So what are my thoughts on that? The truth is people are scared <laughs> of Marion Williamson. To have someone who actually has a sensible mind and is actually talking that real talk, the problem with Marion Williamson is she's not as aggressive as other candidates and they don't think that she would beat uh, or they don't think that she'll beat uh, Donald Trump. And because she's not as aggressive and that she's a white woman, like if you're going to be a white woman, they want you to be aggressive and they want you to be a fighter. So then you can prove that you could beat Donald Trump. Like everybody's looking at everything as let's have someone who can beat Donald Trump and fight him, you know, on the, on the, on the battlefield. And instead of actually looking at policy and looking at, uh, like she was talking about principles of the actual candidate, we're not even looking at the principles we're looking at. Uh, and when I say character, I don't mean the good kind. We're looking at the character of a lot of these candidates as, you know, the aesthetics really. We're really looking at the aesthetics of everything instead of the actual soul of everything. That is so key. Aesthetics matter, man. Aesthetics matter, but not like this. See, because she doesn't fit the proper aesthetics, because she doesn't fit the proper, uh, the, the way that the, the, the perfect picture that they want, because what they want is, well, we have Barack Obama. So now we want the first black woman candidate or, you know, or just the first woman candidate. So they want some type of diversity that sort of forcing that down people's throat. They want it to either be about gender or race uh, when when it goes 
uh, towards uh, going against Donald Trump. And even while doing that, Marion Williamson would still fit that. But then she's not aggressive enough either. So she doesn't fit that narrative. And so they've overlooked Marion Williamson this whole time for whatever reason. And once again, I don't know if she's going to win a nomination or go on to do anything. But what I do know is from everyone I've heard in this game of politics, and by the way, they'll tell you to not pay attention to politics. And I did take some time away from it. But to not pay attention to ideas, to me, is dangerous. Because I like to know what is going on in the ether of ideas to see, you know, what are the best ideas for us to move forward? But when you ignore someone like a Marion Williamson, you really do a disservice to, you know, shaping your own philosophy and your own ideology for yourself. If you only look at someone who's aggressive, then you only will adopt being aggressive yourself. The aesthetics matter. Aesthetics matter. But at some point, principles have to come before aesthetics. So Angela Yee gets in on this and says, you know, did you see a boost in your ratings when after the last Democratic debates? Mary Williamson then says, yeah, I, I did see a boost. But then I also quickly saw the uh, the attacks and she started naming all these different things. She's crazy. She's against this. She's against that. And she said there there was this like uh, uh, media. She didn't say this, but she she kind of stepped towards it. It's almost like the this group of different media outlets came together to end any opportunity for Marion Williamson to be anything. And so my question to the black equity audience, as you're listening to this, because I know you guys probably think deeper on this stuff than I do. Why do you think? I don't have an answer. I just want to throw the question out for the culture. Why do you think the media was so quick? As soon as Mary Williamson was on that stage, as soon as she was talking about reparations, as soon as uh, she got a little bit of steam, why did the media all form together to take down Mary Williamson over a two-week span? And now magically, she's not on... Uh, the next debate because of, you know, she doesn't have 2% polling in these four particular polls that the Democrats want. Why would that be? I'm often asked, hey, DJ, what are you currently listening to? What is the music you're listening to? What are the podcasts you listen to? You can head over to Instagram at Black Equity Network and you can see the podcast that I'm listening to. I'm always listening to Pillow Talk podcast by Robin E. 93. I'm always listening to Hella Smart Mothers because I feel like they can give me a perspective that I'm not necessarily familiar with. I'm always listening to uh, Better Than You Pod uh, where they're able to really dissect and go deeper into topics 
topics uh, that I may just even just touch the, the surface on. And I really love uh, going deeper into the, the perspective. Uh, Real Love 916. I love that that conversation, especially me having this heart uh, for what's going on on the West Coast and being able to uh, listen to Ashlyn give this uh, take on what's going on. So those are some of the podcasts I'm listening to currently. The music that I'm listening to includes uh, Rhapsody's new album, Eve. I love the uh, Raphael Sadiq album. I would definitely tell you to go listen to that. Uh, To me, that is next level. Uh, That is probably my favorite project right now is the Raphael Sadiq album. So those are some of the... uh, some of the the content that I'm listening to. So before we get back into the show, make sure you send me what some of the things that you're listening to and let's have a discussion on them. Back to the show. So we're about 17 minutes into the, to this episode or to this interview. And she makes a really great point. Mary Williamson's on a breakfast club and she's saying, you know, politics should really be a place where we have the opportunity for our deepest thinking on society. And somehow it's turned into this gatekeeper, two-party class, uh, two-party system where uh, these two parties dictate everything. She's talking about how she's not going to be on a third de- uh, debate because she didn't meet the criteria of the gatekeepers. And that really sparked my, my curiosity there. Because I know all through Twitter, there are people that will say, stay away from politics, stay away from politics. But this is kind of why I say, you know, in moderation, politics is okay if done the right way. The reason why I say that is it should be a, a place for our deepest thinking. And somehow it's turned into a place where it's become the lowest hanging fruit. And it's not the place of our deepest thinking. It's uh, oftentimes the place where uh, we get down into the mud and we end up fighting about trivial issues. And so I found that to be interesting. I think we really need to create a place for our deepest thinking, even if it's not about you know running for president. But we got to really do some serious, hardcore thinking on bigger topics that are going on in society outside of, um, you know, just the normal stuff. Or, well, you know, it'll be 100, 200 years from now and people will be living on this planet going through the exact same thing again because we all keep trying to live within uh, society standards that aren't standard. (laughs) We keep trying to fit into a mold uh, you know, of behavior instead of living free. Like there, there has to be a better way to construct uh, our society. There has to be. 23 minutes in, and this is your gem of the episode so far. This is the gem. War is an absence of peace. Peace is not the absence of war. War is the absence of peace. Peace is not the absence of war. She's talking about in this conversation, the Department of Peace that she wants to create and about how cultivating peace is so vital uh, to uh, creating a society that we can all grow and learn and prosper in. 
To me, this is the catalyst of the entire interview. To me, this is what we all came for. A lot of people aren't cultivating peace at all. She talks about wherever you put your money at is where your heart is at. We all know that saying. And the majority of our money is into national defense. And she talks about all these big defense contracts that go out. And she says, hey, I'm not against uh, military. I'm not against money going into these areas. But I, I equate war as I do surgery. You know, you want to be as healthy as possible. And of course, if you have to have surgery, it's the last thing you want to do. But of course, you want the best surgeon. But that shouldn't be the first thing you do. And unfortunately, we live in a time now where the first thing we want to do is go to war. The first thing we want to do is wage war. We treat business like war. We treat connections like war. Everything is war, war, war. Our TV shows is war. Everything is very aggressive. And so we live in a society where that, that teaches you, hey, at any time, get ready for it. We're at war. And what she's saying is, why are we cultivating peace? War is the absence of peace. Peace isn't the absence of war. Why isn't peace the standard? Why is war the goal? Why is war what you're investing in when peace should be the standard in which we represent? It makes you wonder, what have we built this society on? This society is built on a war mindset. This society is built on how to take advantage of everyone else. It makes you really wonder what is at the root of that? Why is there so much money tied to war? So what does Marion Williamson say? Hey, let's focus on peace building. Let's focus on peace building. What are the four ways to do it? She says, number one, everybody write these down. Okay, this is very, very important because it's not going to be in the debates. It's not going to be all over CNN. So here's where you're going to get it. It's going to be on this interview or on this podcast. Number one, increase economic opportunities for women. Increase economic opportunities for women. This is the first step of creating peace building. She then says, number two, increase economic opportunities for children and expand economic opportunities for children. Write that down. That's number two. Number three to peace building. Okay, peace building. Number three, reduce crime and and reduce violence towards women. That's your number three point. Are we, are, we, are we starting to see what's going on here? Now, let's get to number four. She then says, number four, reduce human suffering wherever possible. Those are your four steps that Marianne Williamson is proposing for effective peace building. 
Those are principles, my friends. And so I say we adopt those principles. I know she may not be a black woman. I know she may not be uh, Kamala Harris. I know she may not be Barack Obama. But I want you to argue against those four points. I would love to know what could be more beneficial than increasing the economic opportunities for women, expanding educational opportunities for children, decreasing violence towards women. What, what, what is going to trump that? She's saying, hey, let's put money behind that. And then let's reduce human suffering all over the world, wherever possible. That instead of a a, a culture of war. I don't know who's out here teaching this culture of war. I've had several people tell me that business is war. Several. I don't know who's out here teaching that crap. But here... We're going to be peace building. This is black equity is going to be a place of peace building. How do we figure out a way to work together to do those four things? We have a responsibility. To our children and to the to our children's children to create a place of peace. And we can only do that by building it. Now, this seems perfectly logical, right? We're 26 minutes into this conversation. It seems perfectly logical. And I want everybody to go listen to the rest of this interview. But I think we found the piece of wisdom we were looking for right here. Right here is what we were looking for 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 the Black Equity Podcast. Now, I'm going to continue listening, and I want you to join me, uh, but I'm not going to put the rest on here. That's the stopping point right there. Why aren't we putting more money into peace building? And she answers you right at the 26-minute mark, because there's no money in it. War is pushed and pushed and pushed because there's money that can be made from it. There's no direct way to make money from peace. (laughs) Peace is not economically feasible. And so people are going to come into your life. Let's break this down. People are going to come into your life and they're going to push war on you because war brings money. They want destruction in the neighborhood so then they can be the people that go fix it up and make money from it. And they can say, look, I made it nice again. And then when something happens in another city, they'll go run and say, hey, look, we made it nice again. But it doesn't solve any of the actual problems that led to that building. So in 20 or 30 years, that same community, it may not even be that long, may face the same economic hardships and have the same type of conditioning that it had before because there was nothing done to actually solve any type of problem. You offered a solution to something that never actually resembled any of the actual root causes. 
And so I'm not mad at people who are doing great things and, and offering solutions for what they know best. I get it. I'm simply saying what you are doing is economically feasible for you. And it's not economically feasible feasible for you to actually fix the problem. If you fix the problem, then there would be no money tied to it. And that's why you've been staying away from it. The reason why you're staying away from the actual real problem is if you fix that problem, you won't make money. So if you're a peace builder, if you're somebody who uh, wants to get in, in, in line with that and frequency with being a peace builder, I want to connect with you. I want you to sign up to be a Black Equity Insider. I want us to sit down and have some conversations one-on-one. Let's let's build a, a small group of peace builders where we look at increasing the economic opportunity for women. We look at how do we expand the uh, educational opportunities for children. We look at uh, how are we going to reduce violence towards women. And making sure we're ending uh, ending human suffering around the world. If you'd like to work with me on that project, I'm calling all peace builders to the table. If you're a peace builder, let's have the conversation. Let's have the black equity peace builders. I'm ready to get started.